guys, welcome to Cold Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, we take another trip into the weird world of Harmony Corinne, because we're talking about Julian Donkey Boy. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> where in the hell are we? If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing has turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. I'm so sure. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on. No. Wolfman's got nard. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. What did I say? No jelly roll. I get old. They stay the same age. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining the cult. We really appreciate it. Do us a favor. Head over to iTunes. Leave us a review. If you do, we will give you a shout out at the end of the show. We got one to do. Shout out. So make sure you stay around uh, for that. And then when you're done, head over to cultfilminreview.com and make sure you get in your request for films for us to review. And then every Thursday, make sure you jump on our YouTube page for our live streams. One of us, all of us, we don't know yet. We'll go live on Thursday where you can uh, chat with us maybe about the past episode or a topic that one of us brings to the table. Um, and so you can do that on Thursdays, so guys. So make sure you do follow our YouTube page. Uh, and then uh, when you're done with that, I don't what's I don't even know. We don't even. That's it. So tonight we're talking about Julian Donkey Boy. But before <laughs> we got some of those. But before we do, as always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Wilbrecht. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hello, everybody. Tonight we're talking about Julian Donkey Boy. It was directed by Harmony Korine, written by Harmony Korine, came out in 1999 and made 80,000 in the box office. It has a rating of R and currently sits at a 28% critic score, 72 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. This was a fan pick. It was John Mark Smith's pick. Kyle, why did John Mark Smith pick this movie? Um, yeah, uh, John Mark Smith. Uh, this is actually, I will say, this is like one of our uh, earliest requests. Uh, and uh, John goes on to say, after listening to your episode on Gummo, I wanted to hear your thoughts on Harmony Kareen's sophomore film. Both works have impacted me greatly when it comes to how I view films, leaving me with impressions I cannot quite describe but undoubtedly know are there. While Gummo explores the dark American landscape from a horrifying perspective, Julian Donkey Boy hits a more emotional and poignant stride with his overall presence. I hope you can share your experiences of this film with me as well as others. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Uh, yeah, this is... Uh, whew, yeah, I'm glad we got to go into another one of his films, honestly, uh, and seeing this one. In, um, I, I, to me, I feel like uh, this, I'll go, I'll go first in this one. This is the first time that I've seen this film and, uh, I, I'm, I'm starting to find that I, I think I might be a, a fan of his filmmaking. What about you, Kyle? Have you seen, uh, have you seen this before? No, I haven't. Um, I, I, I mean, I've heard of it for sure, but this is a first time watch, uh, for me. So first time watch for Kyle. What about you, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. This is one that I had definitely not. Wait, sorry. Let me start over. Yeah, no, start I have not seen this. Oh. Movie. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it before. No. I've seen like a yeah. hundred yeah. times. I've seen yeah, every no. fucking movie that's ever been made. I was going <laughs> to agree with you both that this is the first time that I had seen this movie as well. And, and I have been really interested to see it cause I do consider myself kind of a fan of his work and, this is one that I just never got around to. I had been told by some people like it was one of the more unwatchable films that he's made. Um, so that intrigued me even more. Um, but yeah, the first time for me. What about you, Mike? 
like how Chris was like, unwatchable. I'm in. Yeah. Like I know. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's what I had heard, and it was from him, and I was like, cool, dude. Like, <laughs> cool, bro. Cool story. Yeah. Super excited. I awesome. mean, I didn't know what that exactly meant, right? It was like, why is it unwatchable? Right. That immediately intrigues me. Like, why would it was a black that? screen? It was like literally unwatchable. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so I had I, my story is very similar to Chris's. Uh, I had heard about the film, always wanted to see it, just never got around to it. Yeah, I was happy pre- that this got chosen. I was pretty shocked when I honestly when I jumped on to Rotten uh, Tomatoes to to see what the to see what the score was because I had heard the same thing like pretty much an unwatchable film. And uh, when I got on there and I saw the audience score was seventy two percent, I was like, ah, that's uh, tell- very telling. It's very telling to me. I trust the audience. I always trust the audience score. Not always on Rotten Tomatoes because sometimes you know once I hear there's a movement out, I'm like, yeah, fuck that. But I don't really think there's a movement out, you know, on this movie. It's Terrible a little late. There was. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> it's like, late. You know, <laughs> an underground <laughs> online like force trying to stop Julian Donkey yeah. Boy. And I think it was quite a few reviews. It was like a couple thousand reviews. Uh, That's pretty good. Audience on yeah, the audience cool. side. That's pretty yeah. good. You know, I I I tend to be like, okay, the critics missed something here because obviously there seems to be a, a big enough. Yeah, it's resonating with the people and not so, so much the critics. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that made me excited to watch it too. So I, I was pretty I was pretty in from the get go. But we should probably figure out, hope maybe the first time for some of us uh, even who have watched it, what this film is about, uh, because it's time for plots with Mike. Dude, I don't have any <laughs> idea what the fuck plot of this film right? is. Uh, yes, I'll do my best. This uh, film is about Julian. Uh, he definitely has what what is, at least from what I've read, schizophrenia. Um, he ends up killing a kid early in the film and um, kind of, from there, it's kind of like flashbacks of like his life and what happened in his family and you kind of get more hints about his background. But, I mean, other than that, that's pretty much the film. It's telling this guy Julian's story um, and really fo- focusing on his dis- dysfunctional family life, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, how he got to the point that he was at is what I gathered from it. Mm. Um, kind of like a like a Forrest Gump situation. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> no. no. Isn't he, I mean, he didn't no. run across the country. Yeah. No, I mean, he like, make, he didn't Forrest make Gump, smiley it's face. like he sits, on, he sits on the bench, and then he tells his past. He's like, and this is how I yeah, got I on the bench. Yeah, I don't think that's what happened in this movie at all. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, okay. I, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I kind of took it as like he was telling the story, but all right, mm-hmm. maybe he wasn't telling the story. I don't think he was telling the story. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about it. Okay. Let's talk about it when we come right back after these brief messages from no one. Julia, why don't you tell your sister that she's a dilettante? She's never gonna learn to play this harp. Fro. She's a dilettante Fro. and she's a slut. Fro. You're a dilettante. And irrevocably stupid. And we're back. We're talking about Julian Donkey Boy, the fan pick. Uh, let's. So, this is after Gummo. Is that correct? Jul- uh, uh, Gummo came before this. Okay, so Gummo came before this. Interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't look up the history, yeah. and I actually guessed that this came before Gummo. So did I. 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 I wondered that as well. 
And then when I found out that it didn't, I was kind of like, huh. Which is weird to say is like, huh, Gummo had a more polished look. <laughs> it's weird to say that Gummo had a more polished look than another movie. I, I, Gummo I, I does not have it, a polished I, look. I kind of took it as this one has a more um, a, a more uh, specific style, like an attempt to specifically style the film this yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this was a result of not having money or not choosing to put production value into it. I think he, honest to God, was just like, yeah, I wanted to look like this. Yeah, he was going for a style. He had a style. I mean, he was going by the Dogma 95 kind of I mean, right off the bat there. I mean, you have to, yeah, basically. I don't know what the the Dogma 95 rules? The Dogma 95 rules uh, was created by Lars Van Trier and a group of other filmmakers, correct? Yeah, it was like a group of like Danish filmmakers that kind of made these certain guidelines that you had to follow. It was like weird stuff like you couldn't play music unless it was being played off like a radio. Um, like no light could be artificial light. You had to like use natural lighting all the time. Had to be handheld camera work had to be, yeah, it couldn't have murder in it or anything like that. Um, I think it had to exist within, you know, like living locations. Um, yeah, it had, it was like a bunch of this stuff and he, you know, while this movie does not follow it a hundred percent, like it, like the people who basically created the movement accept it as a film that belongs in its does it, catalog. Does it also specify like what you can shoot the film on? Like this movie looks no, like Dance sh- in the Dark wasn't shot. Right? Dance in the Dark was Dogma 95, I think. Was it? I don't know. I, so. I actually don't know much about um, that one. I don't think it so had to be shot. I don't think it I don't think it had <laughs> to be shot in a certain way necessarily. Maybe maybe it does. I don't know. But I will say that the the way that he created this film, he he shot it on DV, mini DV, mm. and then he transferred it to sixteen millimeter, and then he blew it up to thirty five. Like, there's no real reason to do that unless you're doing it on purpose. Even in nine, especially in ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Like to be honest with you, I I'll tell you right now, it, it looks like shit, but I love the look of this film. It actually has to be Academy thirty five millimeter, so that's probably why he ended up blowing it up to thirty five. Yeah, but end. it doesn't explain why he he chose to go mini DV unless he was trying to like what save a bunch of money in thirty five millimeter. Like the weird grain that this film has throughout is just yeah. there's something about it that adds to the realism that, to the film that makes it feel like this is like you're watching somewhat of a documentary or you're peeking into right. some world that you're not supposed to be peeking into. Yeah, because it's actually difficult to see a lot of what's going on. Like, I mean, it's so grainy and so contrasty that sometimes you're just getting shadows and, you know, and highlights and stuff on certain scenes. And it, it is interesting, like, how that kind of puts you in that voyeuristic frame, you know? Well, also- well I mean, we get that we get that same, in, like, these that same type of feeling in Gummo. I mean, I feel like that was another film, especially with the outside kids talking. It was very documentary style. It sounded like, you know, like you're kind of intruding on a conversation that you're not really supposed to be there for. That's kind of how this movie feels. It it, it definitely feels like, I, I, I agree with Cody. It feels very much like a documentary and it's just simply following this, this main character around for a couple of days and we see his life and stuff. And, I almost think that like the moment he picks up the camera at the beginning is kind of when the documentary about him starts, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of maybe maybe that was like a theme they were trying to go for or something. That's something I didn't think about, but yeah, I could get on with that. Well, that's the weird thing too is like when he picks up the camera is like right in the beginning after he kills the kid, right? That's mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Yeah. 
I took that as a weird thing as, uh, and kind of maybe, maybe Mike was picking up on this too, where it was like somewhat of the end of the film in the beginning. I mean, that's what I thought. And it was mainly because I, I thought there were, I mean, to me, I felt like there's a lot of flashbacks in this. But I think some of us might not think that way. I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't get that vibe when I was watching it. Like I definitely, um, I understood when a flashback happened and why a flashback happened. Mm-hmm. It was to f- to fill in some 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 information about what's being discussed in the scene. But for the most part, I took this film very chronological because they, they do some specific things uh, in the film to kind of uh, call back to. The, the 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 killing of the kid at the beginning mm-hmm. and I think that and both of them are are religious things and the first one is the confession that he does right and that the the next one is when the uh he's in church towards the uh end of the film or middle of the film pastor's talking about how has Jesus absolves you of all your sins you're saved regardless of what happens and he starts crying while that's happening and I feel like I, at least the way I took it, he was reflecting on that on that crime he did, and it was kind of catching up with him. I think the thing that made you feel different that it was flashbacks is, uh, I think a hundred percent he is definitely supposed to be schizophrenic because his voice and personality definitely mm-hmm. fluctuates that film. So it looks like you're constantly watching a different character, and that's kind of credit to the actor. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you this then: Do you think that because this is where I, I where I'm at with that beginning? Because I I'm questioning it. A lot because what I see, what I see in in that is is because it doesn't really make any sense, right? He goes and he kills this kid. But the other aspect that we have of it, at least when watching this film, is you do get this documentary feel, feel from it, or at least that someone's even like following him. You get this impression that you you kind of feel like this. There is somebody somebody real behind the camera, and and yeah. at the end, after he kills this 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 boy or or someone. He picks that camera up, and I almost wonder if that's like significant to the death of who's behind the camera before the film starts, and that's why it was like felt like the end of the film in the beginning, to where it's like so you're gonna reflect back on that and and, and think about that. That's some deep ass shit. I didn't mm-hmm. get that. Though. <laughs> wow, um, I'm, dude. I, I again, it's weird because I, I I walked in the house today and I walked up to Mike and and I said I I, I said I was like I think I'm a Harmony Korine fan <laughs> like after watching this film because mm-hmm. I. Like I really enjoyed this one, like, and it's because of things like that. I'm like, do I read this deep into it, or is this one on a different level? Because it definitely, like the 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 fan was saying, it definitely has similarities in style, at least to Gummo, but overall tone is very different, but also still sad and in this weird, this fucking weird world. It feels like it does exist in the same universe, if you could call it. You know, yeah. like he has created like that kind of um, darker side of American life, it seems. <laughs> and there's like a filth that goes on all of his films that... Yeah. I mean, that's the best way that I can describe it. I'm so, I don't mean that in a negative no, way. I'm so like, glad yeah. you're saying this stuff because I said something earlier, uh, again, before the, the the show was rolling, and I, 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 was, I was told no. Um, <laughs> but I said his films, especially this one in Gummo, Remind me of early John Waters films. Yeah, I don't agree with that. And so. but but that's what I mean. They have this level of filth to them. You're seeing into this world like that you don't normally see. Sometimes it feels like you're watching a freak show with Harmony Kareem film, especially but with the guy with the fucking no was, arms playing the fucking drums. Everyone was, was amazing, by the yeah, way. It was really fucking good. Amazing. You know what? That, he likes interesting looking people in his films. For but sure. that's what I'm saying. Even with Gummo, you get this weird look into this weird dystopian fucking life uh, of, of, of a world that you would never really enter 
on your own. Same thing with John Waters films. You enter into John mm-hmm. Waters' world of like extreme humor I, I, and I, filth, I, and he's trying to shock some. I think I mean, Harmony yeah, Korine is trying to do the same. He's trying to shock okay. some. Okay. Like, no, I... I I, I mean, I kind of get where you're going with that, but I disagree with it because when I'm watching a John Waters film, John Waters is like putting the filth on parade and he's 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 piecing what he does. Very, he, He's making sure you know it very much exists in a very fantastical, ridiculous, extreme world, whereas the filth that's caked over these films feels very much like I'm just watching the inside of someone's house for a while and it's like grimy and weird and like but gross. I, I, and I also, that's I, how I think. I agree with you, but I also think the beauty of Harmony Korean's films, especially again, like with this one is you're also are getting that fantastical world. People don't, Act, yeah, but they never I feel. Hope, they never I feel hope, fantastical. I hope, but that's I think the that's problem. the problem. I think that's the beauty of it because I don't think people actually act like this in his film in his films, but they feel so fucking real that you, that but, you question. Hold it. on. First of all, I'd like to say he does use. I mean, Harmony Korine is known for using real f- people in right. his films, I, yes. like non-actors, right? Like um, the way I look at it, I understand where you're coming from with the filth thing. I but where I think they differ is that with John Waters' films, especially the early ones, I should mention, mm-hmm. uh, filth is the main ingredient of the entire film. This feels just like a trait, like it's just a yes, trait. That's of, a great of, way to describe it. Yes, absolutely. Of Harmony Korine's films, like it almost feels like he's not deliberately being like, "Isn't this dirty?" Look it's how it's a dirty byproduct this is. of what yeah. he's creating. It's, it's it's nothing he almost tried to add. It yeah. just naturally came with it. It's like feet in a Tarantino film. We don't know why he keeps putting in there. <laughs> we have some pretty good ideas, but they're always in there, and you know you're gonna find them. Yeah, find I, find them, Mike. Find them, Mike. Find, I, find I those think, piggies. Uh, yeah, for me, I just think there is similar themes. I'm not saying they're exactly 100 percent alike. There's mm. things that you can pick up on that I think are very reminiscent, even like down to the grain of the film. How about like you know things like that? Just that yeah, remind but, but me. But I feel of like, what like John, say, John Waters. I think it was John Waters was just like budget. I think he's just like yeah, he didn't have any money. <laughs> what, what, if you could, what if we we boil down very simply and say John Waters is shocking to Harmony Korine, disturbing the filth. I ever done about the fifth? I think it's more. Sh- it's a more filth. shock factor. We're talking about the I filth. just think the only thing we're like, yeah, John Waters capitalized on the comedy of yes. filth, and Harmon Corrine is not. I don't know if he was necessarily trying to capitalize on it, but he would like to highlight like this weird, weird co- uh, world. culture, the dark, that, the dark underbelly of America, that, or you know, at least like a world that is like, is it real? Like it, you know, yes. I mean, I guess it is. Mm. You know, is how I take it away. I, I, like, think, I, I mean, I, I do think there's an exaggeration. To all of this stuff. Oh, 100%. Like, With Harmony Kareem's stuff? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think there's exaggeration, the but he does yeah. a really good job, I feel like, of making it f- not feel exaggerated He does, 100%. Especially it in... It feels like real fucking bull- man, there's, shit going down. Like, like some Spring weird... Breakers is like... Yeah, an exaggeration of... But very... But, of, of what I th- imagine real things that happen. Like... Of course, the, the these the, these early films I think are the, the early John Waters to the new John Waters. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I mean, if you same thing, go I would back say the same that, with Harmony Korine, like, like yeah. early Harmony Korine versus like I would say Beach Bum, Beach Bum, like, and Beach and, Bum, and, and, <laughs> and like this, you know, and and even um, the one that you just Spring mentioned, Breakers. Spring Breakers, like is is completely different. It's a different. He's in a different place, and you know, and, and I get that as like the evolution of a director. Of course, this one the whole time, man. As I was watching it, I was like, what are you? What are you emotionally trying? To pull out of me. Well, emotionally... Go on, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I read that it stemmed from like uh, his uncle who had schizophrenia, and a lot of it came, came, was inspired by 
yeah. him interacting. I got that too. Yeah, that yeah, I I'd actually read that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I didn't read any of that. So yeah. well, I, that's the last photo. That's the last photo at the end dedicated to so and so. I mean, it was immediately. A, it was alleged. Up. It was alleged in this like article yeah. I was reading, but I'm sure if you experience that in your like life, right. it would totally influence you to want to try to explain it and show it. And to to be honest, I don't know anything about schizophrenia really, but I feel like even the way this movie was made, like was kind of made to put the audience in the perspective of somebody who might have it. Um, the way it's cut, the way it's, the actors are acting, the way uh, Julian himself is, I mean, l- let's give that guy credit, Ewan Bremer, dude. He really did a phenomenal you job. You know, he's that guy you see in a bunch of shit, and you're just like, hey, there's that Scottish guy. Yeah. And like, then you watch this, and you're like, holy shit, this dude's got some fucking chops. Uh, can I tell you something? The, there's not a bad person in this in this whole movie. This whole cast is solid throughout. Yeah, there's I mean, not one person I don't believe in this film. Well, I mean, half of the people are real, just being themselves. But. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's but that's the great thing is if I can't tell the difference between that and the actors, mm-hmm. that's I mean, bravo to the filmmaker. And it doesn't feel fake. Like none of like you know, some of it feels obviously some of it feels fake. But you know what I mean? Like this world. I bought into this world for the the, the hour and thirty nine minutes that I watched this film mm-hmm. for sure. You, you feel, I feel like it does exist around the corner somewhere. Like, you know that dad. You know the dad in this film is fucking real to well, me. That, like, I mean, he he is real. I mean, that's it's Werner Herzog. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but I mean, like <laughs> we didn't we didn't think he was a fake person, Mike. Was, no, I know, but like <laughs> I feel like he was just being himself. Is that how he? I don't know how he dude, is. Dude, that yeah, character is, is a very is a, is a very interesting guy. Um, that kid, the, he, he speaks in those like weird kind of ways. Like he's very philosophical in the way he speaks and he talks about anything, be it from film or just regular life. But anyway, would you say he was acting in this movie? Uh, oh, you know wow. what? I would not. I, I don't know if there was a script yeah. or not. I mean, but can I be honest with you? There are times where I was like, I was like, you know what? They might have just been like, we're gonna do whatever the fuck you want to say. Was say doing, whatever you want to say. If he was like, doing that shit, holy fuck, man, he's good. That's what I'm saying. Like, and holy crap! Like the whole like gl- balancing on the glass scene. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for that glass to oh, fucking everyone break. Everyone was. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, oh, me God. too. I Pins thought that needles, like, that was gonna happen. That had to be something where like somebody knew what they were doing. They're like, no, the glass doesn't break. Trust me. Yeah, and he. Oh. But that whole scene is good. Like the whole relationship between him and Chris is the weirdest fucking uncomfortable. Dad and Chris. Yeah, that is like, strange. Very, very, very. Put I, the dress on. You look like your mom. I'll give you like 10 bucks. I'll beer. give you 10 bucks. I'm sorry. I, la- I was laughing at that and I shouldn't. He's like, that's a lot of money to a to a, a, a field worker in like yeah. some third world country. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a lot of money. Come on. Like, like, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, what the? It, it is such an odd circumstance that who could dream that up? I mean, is that a real life? Right. And like, like the whole, like, where do you get like the whole like brother running up the stairs on his arms, dragging his legs. And it's that's just how wrestlers a, work out. Right. It's is just it? a, a weird, interesting, like fucking weird thing. <laughs> and it's like, where, where did that idea come from? I wonder these things when I watch this film, like where the fuck did Mike, that you wrestled, happen? right? Does that how you I work? did briefly. <laughs> I wrestled in high school, and I, no one did that. There was no one was did like, you "Hey, dude, stairs? did you do your arm? Did you do your arm upstairs?" I routine? never, I never did the uh, yeah, walk up <laughs> yeah. the stairs with my arms. The reverse Exorcist. Yeah, I love. I never I, did that move. I love how they set it up though with with the dad who is totally just a dick to every. 
and one everybody of his in the family, family members. Yeah. He's just an asshole. He's not encouraging about anything. And he just wants his son to be a winner. That's all he cares about is like his son to be the winner yeah. that he never was. That's I, how I, I, I think. Can I say what I liked about mask. his character the most was that they're obviously portraying a, a, a abusive father. Yeah. I felt like they were, man, it, it felt like the entire thing was um, a representation of a of a violent like upbringing, not necessarily like Physically. you never actually see. I mean, he does hit some people, but it's like joking around. It's not like hit yourself in the face and stuff like that. Like there's this level of power that's done in these simplistic ways yeah, yeah. that like no one would ever really do. That I just translated into like if this was being looked at through a lens of reality where everything was real, like he'd be like laying into these kids like punching them and hitting them and but instead he twisted it to make it more of like oh, an absurd more, yeah, like the, situation like the, winner, the whole winner thing is so like it's such a base such an emotional fucking primal yeah down. like feel yeah. about it it's like he's not even really saying anything particularly about wrestling they're not even talking about it he's just saying the concept of a winner yeah. to him well i think yeah. what i got from that and it's when everything kind of gets pieced together with the phone call um is, is which, which phone call? The one with, to with, his mother? Yes. Can I just say, uh, I fucking cried. Wait, what part are we talking about? We're I'm talking sorry. about when Julian yeah, talks. Calls. Yeah, yeah it, it, it. It's well, all. This it's film all over, goes all over. It's the place. all over the place because what I wanted to do is kind of it's, try to explain the best that I think I can the father's character. Okay, um, so this and I think it all okay. goes back to the the to that phone call when 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 Julian's on the phone with his sister. Yeah, and they're talking about. The, you know, he's talking to his mother, and you realize that the mother died when when Chris was born. The right. sister's pretending right. to be the, be the mom. Mother. Right? It, was that yeah. what it was? Yes. Yeah. This was pretending to be the mom. No, for a second, I thought it was a literal like he was calling up his mom, and they were just using Chloe Seventy again because no, like, no, it, it made was, sense. In it was a weird like experimental I, I took it, way. it was like a weird comfort thing that they really? have established. Yeah. I thought they That's were like what, literally either going into the future or the past. Like the one that's most in tune with like what he's going through mentally and so, trying to oh, support absolutely. him, and I think that's absolutely. just what this was. But so, I don't know. I, it made ahead, me cry though. It was so, sad. but yeah, basically, what I what sad. I got from what I learned from that scene was was we have this 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 brother who has schizophrenia. We we had you know the the older sister who's holding this family together as well. But then this tragedy happened in this family where the mother died mm-hmm. and the father tailspinned. Then you have a kid with schizophrenia that that, that is is out of control because the father's so grief stricken, like he's out of control. He's not really helping anything. He's abusing everyone. Yeah, everyone. he's abusing everybody yeah, and anyone. And then know. there's that hatred and, towards Chris. And there's the hatred towards Chris because right. he, he killed it. You know, and his the mom mind, died. He killed his mom yep. and killed his wife or you know whatever, and then he's got to, uh, I think, f- f- you know, build Chris up to be something um, important. To mm. to that memory, right? And so, I, I delved that I delved that deep into it when I heard that. I was like, "Oh, this explains kind of right. like all, all of why he pushes Chris so hard, and really nobody else in the family. Even though he's a dick to everybody else in the family, he doesn't push them really anyway. Until that moment he has with them in the bedroom with uh, where he has um, uh, Julian like slap himself mm. over and over again. I think I think with Chris, it's like, yeah, he, maybe he, bl- he he blames him yeah. for the death of his wife and maybe he's like well I'm getting something out of this you're gonna be you're gonna be great you're gonna be great like you're yeah. gonna be everything I want in a son and I think maybe that's where all the abuse is coming from yeah. well, he's, also, he's just also, not because he's guy. not because he's not that guy and he's yeah. disappointed well plus also I, I think he he sees Chris as like someone who is mentally healthy he's not yeah. his other son who's schizophrenic so it's like he's putting even more 
like energy into trying to make sure that he becomes something, you know? Agreed. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's trying to relive himself through through, oh, yeah, yeah, through his well. son. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's all these crazy things that, that that go into that character. But man, I feel bad too because his character made me fucking laugh the most in this movie. Just because like every time I thought there would be like this positive line that was gonna come out of his mouth, it would just turn into the most negative shit. Out, like just out of nowhere and the way he said it would always catch me off guard to make me laugh out loud even though I know I shouldn't be laughing at it so there's like this weird sense of humor to this film too yeah it's 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 odd it's it, absurd just absurd yes. uh characters you know so they the things they're saying I, I almost like attributed to like poetry in a sense it's, it's it almost has this like poetic sort of um rhythm to it and it's always something that sort of would make you think like what does that mean what does that mean why is he saying it like that you know Mm -hmm. and i think that i don't know there might be the randomness uh that he um encourages on set i don't know i think a lot of improvisation like we were talking about before is encouraged and i don't know if that's just like you know people just trying shit out there there had there i mean i feel like a lot of the script had to be ad-libbed and improvised i mean Especially a lot of the stuff in the streets with Julian kind of walking around and just being. Oh, I think like the whole bus scene and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I like I think he was just acting in front of like real fucking. Yeah, people. No, no, I, I, I think that's exactly yeah. what yeah. happened. I think they followed him with a camera and they just had him act. However, and of course, people's natural reaction well, is just to ignore it and like I don't want to be a part of this. But then they get then people. I feel like we're starting to kind of see what was wrapped up in their in the little blanket and they're just like they start moving away from him more and more. I yeah. loved the way they shot this though, it, in, in the sense that th- there's a scene where he's just on a street corner and you can tell the camera's probably pretty far away so that people don't know that he's being filmed. And he is literally just acting out in front of, it's like an experiment in front yeah. of like society, just do, moving about their oh, day. asking about the tree and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and just like making shit up and just saying things and actor. people reacting to it. And it's like, you know, Harmony's just probably in the bushes or whatever fucking filming this shot. And it's like, that is like a really interesting thing because as a person like me, if I was walking by, I wouldn't know what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some guy's talking to himself or he just said something to me, you know? I think that's kind of cool, like a cool way to experiment with film. No, I don't disagree with that. And that's the same thing too, as watching this movie and where it's like, I'm like, what is, what, what is it that the critics didn't see here? Like, as far as like when the, when this, the score I read was of like, yeah, like those kind of experiments and those kind of choices and and taking those kind of risks with these films can either pay off hugely and you get like this sense of realism, even though it's a fantastical story or it's going to look like fucking jackass. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's one of the, well, you know, it's one of those things. And he was able to capture like this thing and it makes that character so much more believable. Right. Because he's interacting with real people and you're getting real reactions and his performance is so good. It, it makes it real. Yeah. Even down to just hearing audio of things where you're not Dude. really seeing what, you're hearing like you're hearing a conversation or somebody talking or mm-hmm. saying something and then you're just getting snapshots of different random th- maybe what you would consider a flashback or something that kind of tells you a little bit more about I had the a very characters. I had a very difficult time I, I mean, if you can't tell already <laughs> like tracking the time in this film mm-hmm. there were times where I'm like is he in the future maybe he's in the future right now like I had no idea I mean you guys had a much more linear experience than I did for me I was like I have no idea where the well, fuck he's at right now I was using um I was using the sister's pregnancy to track time mm-hmm. because I, she was yeah. getting more obviously mm-hmm. she's getting more pregnant throughout the film there was definitely like yeah no 
I, I saw that. I just kept thinking he was bouncing back and forth for, like, in like the past. Like he's f- unstuck from time? I don't know, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, <laughs> sure, Kyle. So there's like an ice dancer that is like prominent in this movie, yep. and I'm like kind of trying to figure out what so that part's I had, about. I had a theory on this one, and it popped in my head when I was watching it. Yeah. Um, I kind of liked the, I don't know, where this came from or if this makes any sense at all, but I felt like what we were seeing while we were watching this film was like a snapshot of like, um, like the kind of lesser known chunk of Americana all the while being, I I felt like being showcased against like, you know, like I I just picture my head, like the Olympics are going on. This girl is skating or something. And meanwhile, a real slice of actual life is going on. That's what we're seeing. And it's almost like the dichotomy of the two like worlds and stuff like happening. That's that. I don't know if hmm. you guys got that. Can I but. tell you what I took it as? This is going to be weird too. And it might be a huge stretch, but I took it as that was the mother, like in her youth. I, I thought it was the mother in her youth. And then, yeah, she became a nurse eventually. And all that other shit happened that she was talking about on the phone. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but dentist. I took it as, yeah. and, and, this goes even to the into the end. I took it as that that was the mother in her youth. That's what she did, and she whatever for whatever reason she her dream did not follow through. Like it didn't make it. And um, the reason why the sister is so infatuated when she starts ice skating is because she's reliving that dream that she wanted to be an ice skater, just like her mother. And uh, obviously. Wow. That does not turn out the way huh. that we want it to. That's how I looked at it. I actually thought I, it was like problem a weird with that hereditary. Is they're like they're actively watching this this woman perform when he's playing the ace on the top game with the with the, with the neighbor. She's on the TV and they're talking about her. Who? The ice skater is on the TV in the background while they're playing that card game mm-hmm. and they're they're actively talking about her. So that's why I didn't think it was her mother. Are they talking about her in, in like a general so term? Or they're watching they... the TV and the woman doing the ice skating routine, and they're talking about how yeah. good she's doing and stuff. No, yeah. Now, yeah, now I know what you're talking about. I like, I actually took it as yeah. I don't think it could be the mother. That then. that whole conversation that he, that he had with the neighbor and the ice skating is a common theme that I keep on think hearing hearing in this movie of trying to explain what special is like. Is what I got because they talk about how special her talents are, but also the the drumming neighbor with just his feet also talks about being special. Like I, there's there's just something to that, and I hate to say it in it like I don't mean to say. It. How do I word this right? I don't know. Say it, and then we'll tell you if it sounds bad. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna sound bad. I I wonder if he's making some sort of social commentary about how people used to say with mental disorders that th- that they're special. Oh, that person's special. You know what I mean? Like, like special. The, I like that kind of that kind of you. I don't understand. What no, I, I, I understand, understand what you're what saying. I, mean? I don't know that I. I I, I don't know if he was trying. But to, apparently, I miss a lot of connections. I don't so. know if he was trying to somewhat <laughs> say something with the correlation between that. Like there is there in in people's eyes, there's there's many levels of of what is special, but there's always some sort of dysfunctionality to it as well. Um, and I I, I don't know. Maybe mm. I'm on a stretch on that one, but. Like that's I I mean I, I think it's wor- whatever what he's trying to do I think with this movie is just I don't think he's actually diving into it as deep as like we are on this episode I, I think what a lot of what it is is experimental filmmaking and yeah. then he just wants to almost see what 
people take away from it without him having to digest it for anybody. That's the attitude I get from this. That might be the attitude, but that, but I, I feel like there is a lot more conscious thought and decisions that went into this. Then as a writer, you're definitely like doing things for a reason. More so as an editor (laughs) from, from his perspective. So I mean, like for instance, like let's take the background, the backs, the, let's say the understanding of this is mental disability yeah. or or whatever schizophrenia bipolar schizophrenia right right but like what's the point of using a blind school then like it's not like that was reinforcing the message he kind of just like chose that as being i i did notice and the guy that plays the drums like he's not he doesn't have mental issues like no. that's a totally different type of well they're all disabled in some way that's right, what i'm right, saying right. That he's he's what showing I'm saying the is, different kind of and i again yes. i hate using it as this term because it, it does like special like it's an old school like thing that your parents used to say like oh that boy's special you know what i mean like is trying to be saying you're like yeah. well, we don't say that anymore <laughs> like true you know what i mean and i feel like it was it was taking a look at like what what really is and what do we determine does everything kind of come with its own dysfunctionality and i almost feel like that's what the neighbor's talking about too is like he's like you see it as uh, like a, uh, in a way a handicap but i've learned and adapt and i'm happy and i'm living Jeez. in the now yeah like that's his conversation now of like you see it as a, as this as but a, i've turned it into this and can i just say something about that that particular actor yeah who i i actually don't think he's an actor there's a part of me that's like he must have been like a uh, like a motivational speaker or something like that. Oh, yeah, he had good. that like type of. Yeah, he's great. He just had a, a sense of just complete calm and 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 confidence and all con- that. Yes, stuff. yeah, absolutely. That like motivational but, which speakers. Which is what have. he's talking about but in, I, the, in his speech. I got to give him credit. Like, there's one thing that kept blowing my mind, and it wasn't even the drums. It was the fact that like, so there were times where he would take his foot and place it to his face, and. Like he was doing gestures. It was like yes. his hands. Yeah, like it was just part of his. Right. But that was yeah. But like he had to have reflected. He had to have reflected that based on things that he had seen people with arms do. Right. Like that was the nuts thing. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, he somehow adapted the two limbs that he had, and he's using things like, yeah, I'm thinking, like pointing to his head. Yeah. Like he was. Uh, that blew my mind more than anything. Yeah. More than him drinking <laughs> with his toes, any of that shit. Like, I don't know, man. That it. But that's also like again. That's my point of uh, and kind of tying into like the John Waters thing, where you might see something like that in like a John Waters film. Is is that you get this this insight into a world that you don't normally see, especially on film. Yeah, but like, here's the thing. I like with John Waters, it's always he's sensationalizing it, and I feel like with Harmony Korine, he's like it. Like these people. Like that, the fact that they were blind meant nothing to me. Like they were just normal people. Like but none of the, the people that have. I know he's showing you that he always does that. And I feel like in his films, he shows these people in a normal setting as normal. Right. It's almost things, as if life is as just like going we sh- on as, as, it is. as we should yeah. look at them, but somehow it's out of place. And that's again, what is again like in in doing that? What does that say about the audience? What does that say about us? Like it's it's mm-hmm. a fun thing to. I think to go with that experimental filmmaking in, 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 a, in a fun way and kind of like, what does it make you feel? And why does it make you feel that way? Can right? we talk about uh, uh, that one guy's sick ass flow? Because that shit was fucking came out of nowhere. Yeah. Albino from Alabama. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> like at first, I was just like, the, the one guy starts freestyling and you're just like, okay. Yeah. Like he's just fucking around. He just starts around. saying people's he's names. fucking around. <laughs> and then the other guy starts going, I'm Albino from Alabama. Like that. And then you think it's like he's just going to fuck around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then he puts out like the sickest fucking. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, he's I obviously, like, sk- yeah. Holy shit, this dude does this for a living. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's his and thing. And he went on for a while. Like, that was a whole, like, I, I wasn't it was like, like a four-minute scene. It's really it impressive, was. yeah. Yeah. And also just, I mean, I guess he just, what going back to what you're trying to kind of say, Cody, is you pick out these really interesting people and you put yes. them in a scene together. So, yes, it takes place in a blind school with an albino rapper that, you know, busts a, like a four-minute fucking solo out. And, you know, the, the camera's shaky. Like, he just really puts a lot of interesting things together but, in a scene. And it yes. Always, yeah. But yeah. it's, like, all things that kind of already exist. He does, right. And he does, a weird, he does a lot of weird things with, um, like, lyrics and songs. Like, I really enjoy the, the weird-ass scene where he's just, like, cleaning that blind girl's feet. <laughs> like, Can I say something about that scene? That scene was a little creepy to me. It was, it was creepy to me, creepy too. It's like, creepy. I definitely took that as, like, uh, are you gonna have sex with an underage girl right yeah. now? It's I, I think they were alluding to some kind of romance there between Julian been, right? and the... And no, that. they 100% are. It's creepy okay. and weird, and, and, and don't get me wrong, but it's it's... It's beautifully done. It's like the crazy thing about it's it. It's done in a way that, why did we all think that? They didn't tell us that no. necessarily, but no. we all thought I, it. it. It's a moment where I it's think- It's the lighting. It's the camera nah, movement. Nah, for me, it was the line where he's like rubbing her feet and stuff like that. And he goes, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to tackle you. And she goes like, no, it feels good. Yes. Like that, that, that line right there, made I was like, like oh, that's a thing. Ew. Like that's happening. Yeah. Oh, there's, like, there, there, there's other hints in different scenes about yeah. it too. Like, mm-hmm. well, I know. I'm just yeah. saying it's not something that's like never alluded to. Like, right. it's definitely almost. I thought it was yeah. like really pointed to as I, being like, look at this shit. I really like the scene where Chris wrestles Julian, and yeah. and this is where you really see how seriously like Chris takes his sport of wrestling or just wanting to be a winner in general and what his, his father's verbal abuse has basically you know he's like he gets so pissed off and like that scene you said you know the scene on the phone made you cry that scene kind of made me feel really sad too you know it was just like to see the dysfunction of the this world and, all kind yeah. of coming down you know together well, and yeah I, I mean I, I i also felt like there's two sides of it right like there's there's what I thought was Chris's resentment of Julian for being schizophrenic and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever, and never taking anything seriously based on that, and like right. maybe needing extra care or whatever. Um, and then there was the other side of it where it was like, okay, the father's pushing him the whole time, and there's this sick need to like get his father's approval. Mm-hmm. And I think it was definitely shown in the garbage can scene, right. where oh, he yeah. like takes down the garbage can, he's doing all this thing, and he throws it, and he's just like. A garbage man's not a real person. Yeah. And now he has this opportunity to show his dad, like, for real, like, yeah, I'm going to take on a real person. And they're not even playing it seriously. Yeah. So he can't even show off, like, whatever skills he's learned. Right. Which is all he wants, it seems like, is probably his father's approval. Right. <laughs> right. No, that's all. That's basically all he wants. Like, there's definitely no doubt yeah. that he's desperately seeking his father's approval. Let's do this, guys. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about Julian Donkey Boy. I miss you, Mom. I wish you were still here, like when I was a little baby, Mom. Yes. I love you too, Julian. (laughs) And I'm watching you. (laughs) All those voices you're hearing, those are just friendly voices. No one's out to get you. No one wants to hurt you. Right? Julian? I wish you were still here, Mom. When I was, when I was, when I was six, four was four, man. Chris was just a little baby, Ma. Remember Chris? Just a little baby. Yeah. He, when he killed you in the hospital. When they killed you in the hospital, Ma. When they, when they took you away in the hospital and they killed you dead. Remember, Ma? And 
And we're back. We are talking about Julian Donkey Boy. Uh, let's get into the one part that I don't think we've really focused on yet, and that's throughout the film. And that, and we mentioned it earlier, but it's the pregnancy. Yes. And where that goes, because that leads us to the end of the film as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, uh, Pearl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, played by Chloe Sevigny, right? Yeah, back again. His sister, his sister, who has like again this angelic opening where she's like dancing through a field, right? Like very, these very weird scenes, but um, it basically kind of reveals they have this Julian and her have this dance scene, which I took as them having this having sex. I, yeah, I, I yeah. took it. I took it as like the the. It's it's a legit dancing, but this led to them having sex. It was like a romantic moment that they had, it's, and that led to sex. Yeah. So we'll talk about the very ending, but they don't outright say that they're having sex. I feel like they kind of do. But though. they, str- I feel like they strongly. I feel like they pretty it. much they pretty much do because it's like yeah. who who's the father, and it immediately just cuts to the scene of them like dancing together, and it lingers yeah. for a while, and it's slow, and it kind of looks like it could could yeah. go romantic yeah. or something, and then it cuts away, and it's like all right, so Julian's the dad. Check. I mean, it, it, it's all yeah, through the editing. There's like no way that they can't that that can't be the case. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, throughout you you see her get the, you know, through these little vignettes and these different little looks into Julian's world, you know, you see her get more and more uh, pregnant as, as time goes as on. As one does. And, you know, it, it cuts to this ice rink scene within the ice rink and she's skating and then she just falls down in pain and she has basically a miscarriage. Yeah, she landed straight on that fucking... I was feeling that stomach. tension, that too. terrible. I was like, I know something bad's going to happen. I was like, why are you happen. on the ice when you're pregnant? You <laughs> it's like, I mean, exactly. yeah, you know what's going to happen. It's one of those yeah. things where you're like, you're fucking nine months pregnant. Get off the ice. Yeah, why would you even <laughs> want to do that right yeah. now? You mm-hmm. know, but yeah. So it was an anxious moment and then, of course... Well, at, see, the the, the be going on the ice thing at the beginning didn't stri- didn't like strike me as odd because she was like, "Well, I'm gonna take this girl out and skate with her." But like, when as after she passed her off to the other girls, and it's like, "Why the fuck did you get off the ice at that point? You know, you have no support system." I mean, there's that weird Zero. psychedelic scene that she has where she's kind of like in a weird, almost like drug state. Well, it, I think she's like having fun for the first time in a while. Is, is that what? Hey, it's okay. I took it. As I was that, like, yeah, I was having a hard time trying to figure it out. Again, I thought for I mean. Going back to my theory that that, that the mother might have been an ice skater, I kind of thought like she was having some kind of weird, like primal, uh, what's the word yeah, to use? Yeah, it just seemed like she was having fun, you know? And like okay. giving their fucking world. So I was going to say resurrection, but okay, fun. Fun. Resurrection. Yeah, like like that was like a past life for her. Like she was genetically cool, fun. <laughs> what? That's what it was about. I know, you know. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm not oh, yeah, sure. Deep for sure, but but where it really fucks you up is like after you know, after the this this miscarriage, she's in the hospital. It shows this nurse obviously taking the, this 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 child's corpse in to do whatever mm-hmm. they do with it, and, and Julian comes in and, and says, "Hey, that's my you know that's my baby. I would like to hold it." And the nurse lets him, and it's this weird. It's this. It's this really fucked up moment. Like I, it was rough because I put myself in that situation of like, even if the, 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 is that my kid. I would understand wanting to hold that child, you know, sure. you know, a little bit before you say goodbye. But he decides not to say goodbye. No, he decides to he goes on a, run. A, a, a very, very rapid walk. And yeah, then, yeah. Then he gets on a bus and goes on for about an hour bus ride because you just hear like Av, blah blah. Yeah, blah, it stops over and over again. Yeah, yeah, over again. I thought that was so creative. That was a really the way good they cut. did that. And there Me was too. some. I mean, there was what was the scene where he was like in the kitchen and. 
it was cutting so rapidly at just yep, the bits of dialogue. The yeah. bacon? The Chris, bacon scene, Chris yeah. is obviously afraid of bake, raw bacon? No, I don't think that's it. What? I think he's... I think that's one of... I took that as that's one of, like, Julian's kind of, like, aggressive outbursts. And he's, like... He's in a different character because his voice changed. He's definitely in... It seems like he's in more of, like, a, like a, a an aggressive personality. And Chris is just kind of, like, experiencing it and dealing with it. Gotcha. You know? Mm. That's why after he leaves, Chris is, like, looking, like, all, like... The fuck do I do? I leave? What do I do now? Type of thing. I don't know, but that I'm just saying, like the creative choices with some of the scenes, like the experimental part of this movie, which is like, yeah, just the creativity with the editing. I thought was unlike I, I had never seen a scene like that before. Yeah, it was like a first time for me. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. And then you know he he gets home and he gets into bed and it's like this that shot. In like the sheets. Oh, with like the weird night vision shit. Oh yeah. man, is that fucking weird? It looks <laughs> like you're looking at an fuck. owl's nest, like you shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the owl's just trying to get some sleep, but you're just like in there with your fucking camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she- yeah. <laughs> so did nest. she? Did she have a? Di- did the sister also have a difficult birth, and then the baby? Do you? I. I what? Do we, do you, like, what do you mean difficult birth? Yeah, like I thought that like the baby was possibly. It was dead. It dead. Was dead. It was. it was dead. That's what I mean by difficult birth. So it was like she, the mother. She fell on her. Yes. Just right. 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 But, but just like the mother well, had. I, I, fi- I find just a way like that mother... we're not talking about the fact that Julian took a corpse on a like. That's what we were just a... talking about. Oh, okay. I, it, it seemed like we were glossing over it no, for a second. We, we, I was like, we, why we, are we not hitting we, that point? We, that we touched it on is it. a corpse. Yeah. He takes but a dead baby out of the hospital. But that's also like a weird snapping moment for him too, because again, going back to that really important scene of that that phone call, that's when you realize like he wants to go back to a time when his mom was alive in right. a hospital when mm-hmm. his mom was pregnant having Chris now his pregnant sister that he had gotten pregnant just had a miscarriage and I don't know if she's alive or not I, I, I took it as she's alive yeah I baby took it died. as she was alive I didn't, I didn't see that she died plus I, mean, plus I also tied back the way he reacted to like just just the the dead child I tied that back to the kitty kill at the beginning and like Kind of that still permeating through his mind, right? And stuff. So it's like all these different worlds: a life he took, a life his brother took, and now you know a life the ice took. That's deep. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to add to it. <laughs> it's a lot of people have been saying that tonight. I feel okay, like. that's a really deep take. I didn't take that from that. <laughs> I mean, as a first time experience, you know, I guess it's like it's almost overwhelming the amount of stuff that you could pull out of the. It, and it's not even like, again, it's not like it's jam-packed, you know? There's some no. scenes that drag on, and, yeah. like, there's music that just plays, like, you know, incessantly. and No, so going to that real quick, and it was brought up earlier, and just getting into... I, that's one of the things I love about this movie and made me think that it may have been an earlier film is actually that the kind of... And I don't even know if it's, like, what you would call it this in this movie, but sound design. Because there's stuff, like, where it would be, like... <laughs> it'd be, like... She's playing the harp and he's shooting from back here and you can hear the harp, you know, in the room. Yeah, it's called but sound the, design. But then it would cut <laughs> it would it would cut it, it would, wouldn't be sound design though. It's it's No, I don't know if you can call it sound design because then it would cut to like a close up of the harp and it's much louder because he's actually right because fucking it, next yeah, to yeah, because the camera. It was a dog when I it was exactly. a dog yeah. thing. Yeah, you could But it added this level it But it's still sound design level. in a just, weird basic it, way. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it totally is sound design. Yeah. That is sound design. It adds this weird consciously making things sound real in reality. But no, like how it yeah, like how it hits you of like, oh, it's up closer now and like 
it added it added a certain level to that scene that was that was different. You can shake your head, whatever, Kyle. Well, uh, that's what I mean. It's like that's why I'm saying is like I don't know if you can call it that because it right. wasn't like he was out there with a fucking right. metal sheet like I'm making thunder. Like, well, that's like fully work. Yeah, that's different. Like, but I mean, yeah, no, I, I definitely think there was a design that went into it because he had to think like, okay, I'm going to put the camera closer because this is the only microphone I have. So yeah, you know, I'll, but I want to get an effect right. Like I want to get far away and close up yeah. so i mean it's still sound design in it's a way the design. editing yeah yeah it is anyways i thought it was very guess well- what guys it's sound design i want to go back to here to, first, I, I really like i really liked it and i like the way that it was done in this film so i kind of like when you bring that stuff up is like i i don't know it, for me it wasn't it wasn't that like i didn't think that it like there was too much music in a certain scene or anything like that like <clears> because it felt like the stuff that was in it just added to the, again, the realism of whatever this fucking weird world is that made it just grounded in reality. Because the sound sounded like reality. The closer you it got is, to something, the louder it got. The farther away you got, the farther away the sound got. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it did make it put you in the uh, situation a little bit more yes. uh, realistically. And, you know, isn't this part of like the mumblecore thing and all that shit too? Um, I, I feel like. Did we decide everything was mumblecore? Everything's mumblecore. <laughs> we decided that's that's that everything was mumblecore. We all live in a mumblecore world, yeah. Chris, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I'm just we're a just mumblecore players girl. within it. Wait, yeah. well, <laughs> in a world. That um, scene when she's on yeah. the ice and she's screaming and she's clutching her stomach. Do you feel like there was just people there skating normally and yes. they just filmed that right I, there? I definitely, like, I definitely felt there was. I don't know if it was necessarily that scene in particular, but uh, there's, there's scenes in this film that like I that. feel like that had to be the case. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think that scene specifically because I feel like. People would react a little more gen- uh, genuinely than what you got. So, that, well, anything, I mean, I that's, thing, if there's a bunch of cameras scripted. like shooting it the whole time, I might be like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah, exactly. Like, I, f- I have a sinking suspicion it's, this woman it's a bigger, is. Not it's a much bigger pregnant. difference than like the street scenes where you could tell he's hi- he's far and away and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you want to get into, Chris? You said you, you that started. Was a, that was that was. I just want to bring that scene up and like how oh, how gotcha. that added to kind of like. The fact that maybe she, again, like much like um, Julian, you know, like acting in a real scenario and getting the public kind of around you, you know, stirred up about it. Like, I didn't know if that was like this was a scene that was like maybe just like go out there and do it while just film it, you know, kind of felt that way to me. All right, guys. Was there anything else you'd like to hit, or do you say we rate this Mara Jammer? Let's do it. I'm ready it up. All right, what are we rating it? John Mark uh, wants us to rate it gold teeth, and he gave it four out of five gold teeth. Four out of five. Four out of five. I will go first on this one here. Uh, <laughs> I'm at four gold teeth as well. Um, I really enjoy this film. I, I, I again, I, I when I like I said when I watched the house, I think I'm a Harmony Korean fan at least on his earlier stuff like this. When have he, you seen Spring Breakers? I have seen Spring Breakers, and I remember not liking it. Yeah, I don't know anybody that likes that film. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, his earlier film where it's more like this experimental stuff where I can draw my own conclusions, but I'm also thrown into this fucking weird visual world where I'm trying to, like, see some light in this fucking dirty muck, but I'm, like, can't look away from, like, the car wreck that's in front of me that's somewhat beautifully shot. Like, it's just this weird... But it's so real, and it's but it's not real. Like it's this weird world that he he he, he uh, uh, invents, and I see why people that like are um, you know big in, in films now, like Matthew McConaughey and, and Snoop Dogg, uh, want to work with him. 
Like I get it. Like I, I do, you know? Uh, so yeah, I'm right there. Uh, four, I think if this is, if you're into that, um, I'm, you know, and I'm not, if you're into like that art style house, like style film kind of stuff and you want to experiment with that, I definitely recommend this film. Let's go, um, third with Kyle. Let's start with Mike second though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm going to give this a, uh, I'm going to give this a four and a half actually. Uh, Here's the thing about this film, man. Like, at first, I was kind of like, here's the weird thing about Carmody Korean film. Anytime somebody picks one, I'm always just like, ah, fuck. Dude, I did the same thing. Like, yeah. here we go, man. Like, and then it's like, I get, and then it's like, but this was a film where, like, I had my phone near me, and there were multiple times where I was like, maybe I should get on my phone, and I couldn't because I was so transfixed by what was going on. No matter how basic and simple it was, like, it could be a guy walking across the street, and I was just like, I don't want to miss anything. There could be like a thing that goes on right now. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, even though, and he, the other telling thing is that I, I, I feel like based on all your, all your all's watch of this, <laughs> <laughs> that like, I either miss the point drastically, uh, or like, I'm just seeing a different side of the film. Maybe. I don't know. A part of me feels like I missed a lot in this film, but I had a really great time. Like, totally missing the point then yeah because like there was so much that i even took from it like oh man that's fucking deep like again like the the scene with him on the phone with who Dude. was his sister who i thought was his mother but still like it was a heartbreaking fucking scene. holy yeah it, is, it man. crushed me like i was just like man i like this is gonna ruin my next day <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i i want to say i even like I, I like this more than gummo so yeah, I, I'm surprised that the critics gave it what they did. Um, I think it's a true, wonderful piece of kind of experimental film, and I, I just had a really, uh, real enjoyment watching it. So I'm going to give it uh, three stars. Did you say four and a half? Yeah, I was just five. testing you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> I was dragging on, so I wanted to like put a twist at the end. No, I feel like that was one of your most coherent uh, reviews <laughs> in a real long Fuck. time. Okay, well, never mind. Four and a half, everybody. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right, Kyle third. Um, I'm going to come in on three gold teeth on this one. Um, I really, um, I, I think we said, someone said this last week, like, um, so this film, when I was watching it, there's a lot of stuff. I, I could see the visual storytelling that he's using and see the experimental stuff that he's going through. But it wasn't until sitting down and kind of chatting through what everybody else kind of experienced that I kind of realized, like, the 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 joy of, like, this movie and what it gives you as a viewer. Um, but, I mean, I, that being said, I think I, I still th- I, I think I still like Gummo better. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like it's a little more of a complete narrative, and it's not that I'm completely opposed to experimental filmmaking, but maybe at this level, it's a little much for me. When it's just it's there's it doesn't feel like a very a, a it doesn't feel like a con- a super conscious uh, story progression, I guess. And I think I kind of need a little bit more of that. Like like I love. Um, uh, Holy Mountain, that's totally an experimental mm. film, but I love to follow that kind of weird journey that he sets up in that in that film, for example. And this one, it's just these different kind of chaotic vignettes and stuff. So I'm coming at three. I That's barring another watch. I mean, this conversation has definitely made me actually feel like, like I'm excited to actually check it out one more time and see if I get more of what you guys got out of it. So three gold teeth for Kyle. Chris. Oh, I'm tossing up Jesus. between... No, I'm going four. He's throwing cups at you. I'm throwing cups. Yeah. 
I'm going. I'm going four gold teeth. Um, I was tossing between a three point five, but you know what? Um, especially after talking about it, I want to go watch it again. Mm-hmm. And that is like, I, all I can say is, um, I was expecting, I had a low bar going into this one. I thought it would be, I would like it less than Gummo. I don't, I don't know. No, I would say would, I like it less than Gummo. I just like it differently than Gummo. Gummo is a little bit easier to follow than this movie is. This feels more like an experimental film to me than okay. Gummo does. Um, and, but I love it for that reason. And I was completely captivated five minutes into it. I was like, okay, I'm totally sold on Julian as a character. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it's getting, it's kind of, it's pretty dark. Oh, I do have that gummo feel that grittiness, that griminess that I liked from that film is definitely a part of this movie. Okay, cool. Chloe Savigny is playing a character in this movie. Like he does build the world that you like seeing from him or that you did at that time. And, I like this era of Harmony Korine's films. Um, I I enjoyed Spring Breakers, but yeah, there is a distinct difference between the st- the types of movies they are. Um, I'm yeah, I think this could potentially go up for me if I watch it again mm-hmm. um, and start digesting a little bit more of what you guys all brought up because clearly we all came away from it with different thoughts about different scenes, and I think that might have been his overall intention with the way he made the film was. There's so many interpretations that you could take away from it that that's actually like the joy of watching a movie like this. And perhaps he didn't even think about all these things when he was making it. He had specific things he was focusing on. But for a viewer, you are so intrigued by potentially what it could all mean. And I think he's great at like capturing that with his films. So, uh, yeah, uh, four, four gold teeth. One more thing before we end of the show. Like, I really wanted to talk about um, one thing I got from this film that I feel like of all the Harmony Korean films I've seen, I felt like this one had the most heart. Does that make any sense? Like, yes. there was a lot of like, like with Gummo, I feel like you're seeing everybody, but there's like a lot of like really questionable characters that like, I didn't feel like there was a character, even the father, even where Herzog's mm. character was very like, there was a sentimental kind of like, I know why you are an asshole. Yeah. Right, like there was a lot of that kind of like even the biggest villain had a certain sense of sadness to him that made me relate to him and like feel really bad. And I feel like I didn't get that from all the characters in Gummo. It's certainly not anything I get from Spring Breakers for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just felt like the whole time I was watching this, I kind of felt like this is his most like uh, a softer movie. Softer. Like kids is kind of hard edged. Well, I feel I don't like know, I don't know, I don't know if I would say that. this is a soft yeah. film. Like yeah, this I wouldn't is, say this that, is tough. But I would I would I kind of agree, but I disagree with the direction that you're going when you say heart, because I actually took it as this this feels like if anything, this feels like the most personal film. Like I feel like a lot of the stuff that we're being shown here comes from a sense of truth and honesty and something that he or his family actually experienced so mm-hmm. it's it feels more authentic than what we're getting in like there wasn't a character in this in like that i didn't like right i, mean, I understand that yeah. but when I, yeah when you said heart i thought you were thinking how i, I was thinking but heart for me was was this is a personal film for him it's oh yeah definitely I, when, when I, that, that chris whatever i think it was chris that mentioned it this is the first time i had heard that this might have been based on his own father uh, his uncle. His uncle. Uncle. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that at all. So hearing that now, like I'm kind of like, oh, that makes a lot of sense because I feel like he was trying to really. There was just so much. 
Like, how do you direct somebody to be a certain way, you know, if you had, don't have personal experience with it? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Like, I, think, I think we know what it, what it looks like. It looks like those kind of, like, one-dimensional characters, like, I'm the villain because I just want to take over the world. And it's not really, like, a person who has a backstory and an understanding of, like, why they're like that. You know, you see that a lot in, like, really dumbed-down films, right? Like, people that are writing about something they know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And the person just comes off as real one-dimensional or... They have really base, not primal. a believable performance. Yeah, exactly. Usually, you exactly. Know? And this just felt everything. Yeah. He felt immersed in the character somehow, and like I could only imagine you get that from studying schizophrenic people mm-hmm. or no, being close enough to the subject to properly direct somebody to portray it the way you need right. them to. All right, guys. Well, that is our show for this it's week. So- <laughs> we do have a review to read. This one it comes from New Zealand. Um, Ooh, New hey, Zealand. All right. All right, this one says cheers, and it's from Carolola three, or sorry, one three two, uh, and it says cheers. This is actually a, <laughs> this is actually pretty great. A rare film podcast that consistently covers the points audience care about and omits the ones we don't. Ooh. I guess the number of podcasters helps with that. Thanks a lot. Smiley face. Oh, that's, nice. that's a that's cool. a great that's review. A review. Thank, Thank you. you for your review, guys. Remember, if you want a shout out at the end of the show, just leave us a review on iTunes, and we will do so. And then, when you're done with that, head over to cultfilminreview.com and make sure you get in your film requests, like uh, John Mark Smith here, who got uh, Julian Donkey Boy uh, reviewed early request. One of our earlier ones took us a while to get around to it, but that's Chris's fault. <laughs> um, and then make sure you uh, follow us on social media at Colt Film and review on Instagram at Colt Film underscore review on Twitter. We're also on Facebook uh, and other places. Cool. About killing it. Right, killing it right now. You can also find us on Spotify. Remember, every Thursday we live stream on our YouTube channel. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. But before we go, I'm all over the road. Yeah. Make sure you follow Kyle. Ah! You can follow me on Instagram at coltfilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at coltfilm underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow Mike at, at Mike Salustio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Snapchat and Instagram. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you're going to join the cult, just make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time. <laughs>